want to overexert Logan. Let's, let's be careful here. We're <sighs> towing a fine line. <laughs> We're back and a little bit better. <laughs> so, as per usual, on <laughs> Logan fucks up the recording schedule of this podcast, um, you know, we didn't have an episode last week, which some of you may or may not have noticed. Everyone's like, what? Um, last you still because. do this? <laughs> They're like, oh, what? What am I listening to? Um, we weren't able to record last week because, um, I had to make several trips to the hospital. Yeah, she just came down with a light case of the plague. It's really <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah, I got sick at the beginning of last week. Um, thought it was a cold. It proceeded to get worse, um, to the point where I was pretty sure I had strep throat. Yeah. And so, on Wednesday night of last week, I was feeling so ill that I decided that I should probably go to Emerge, just because I was concerned. Yeah, because Um, it was concerning. So, I spent six hours in the ER, left there at three in the morning. (laughs) That's a fun amount of time to be... Anywhere. Yeah, (laughs) anywhere, but also just the ER downtown. Yeah. Um, And... During that process, um, I I went in because I just I thought I had strep throat, so I was like, let's just like get antibiotics as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Like let like please help me. <laughs> um, however, things took a turn when they asked me if I had traveled out of the country recently, um, which coincidentally I had. In fact, I had traveled out of the country two weeks prior, is when I returned from the Dominican de Republic. Um, and so that seemed to set everyone on edge. <laughs> everyone was instantly alarmed. Um, you know, the doctor that I saw on Emerge was like, yeah, it's probably viral. Like, it might be strep throat. We'll do a swab for it. Um, but because you have been to, quote unquote, a third world country, um, we need to make sure that it's not anything else. Have you, uh, been vaccinated against hepatitis? <laughs> I was like, um, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in elementary school. He's like, okay, well, we're also going to test you for malaria. <laughs> Several times. I was like, oh, okay, great. So they took blood out of my one arm, and then they hooked me up to an IV with fluids and painkillers. God bless them. <laughs> then they took blood from my other arm for further testing. And so after they did that, I had to go back into the waiting room. I looked, I literally looked like I was carrying the plague. I was probably terrifying everybody else around me because I walk back into the waiting room with one of those, like, tall wheelie (laughs) racks that they, like, hang IV fluids on. I have that, and I'm wearing, like, a a mask, like a surgical mask, because I had, like, a cough, and I'd been out of the country, and I could be carrying some sort of tropical disease. Um, And then I kept having to, like, blow my nose, and I was, like, caught. It was gross. I looked disgusting. I know you need them. But they're not helpful when you're sick. They're not you helpful. Can't breathe <laughs> because it's like I okay. So like when I went into the hospital, I had a fever of like 101, which apparently is like moderately concerning. Yeah. Whatever. So you know what's great having a mask on your mm-hmm. face when you already feel really hot, and then just blowing yeah. hot air into, into the mask, which just goes into your face. <laughs> yeah. That really. And helps. also when you're congested and already can't really breathe, to just have hot air yeah. coming back in your face. It was great. Breathe. So, um. I got discharged from the hospital at 3 o'clock in the morning on Thursday, and they were like, oh, because you have recently returned from traveling, we have to refer you to our tropical disease clinic. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. Absolute Fantastic. tropical disease unit. Absolute <laughs> tropical disease unit. So um, they were like, oh, but you have to be there. 9 a.m. following your discharge. So that meant I had to be back at the tropical disease clinic in six hours. <laughs> Not accounting for getting home no. and doing anything. So I got home, took a shower quickly, <laughs> went to bed by like 3.30. Couldn't really sleep very well because <laughs> yeah. I was extremely sick. And then woke up at like 8.15 and then like had to get ready to go to the back to the hospital. Yeah. Spent a couple of hours at the tropical disease unit clinic for them to be like, oh... We're going to get you tested again for malaria, so why don't you go down to the diagnostic lab, get more blood taken, and then you can come back tomorrow, like, with an actual appointment. Great. Because that's what I want to do. Come back to the hospital (coughs) for a third time in a row when I'm feeling like garbage. 
So I got more blood taken out of whatever. I don't even, I've had, <laughs> listen, the track marks drained. that I had, like, <laughs> was alarming. So then I had to go back to the tropical disease clinic on Friday um, for them to be like, well, your malaria test hasn't come back yet, so. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's just, like, a series of unfortunate events. I will say, though, so, like, when I was in Emerge the first night, they did, like, a preliminary malaria oh, test. And they were basically like, if this comes back negative, then we can send you home. But, like, we can't let you leave until we, like, know one no. way or the other. So, the preliminary one came back neg- negative, which I was like, yeah, no fucking shit, I don't have malaria. Like, whatever. But then they were, like, so hung up on this that I had to get tested again for it. <laughs> anyway, I haven't heard back from them, so I don't think I have malaria, but... We'll report back. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically been really sick for, like, a week and a half now. Um, so, sorry for the coughing and the general Listen, voice. <laughs> we had episode where I was just coughing the entire time, and we had, like, another episode, then a break, and now you're coughing. Mm-hmm. It's just, like... Yeah. You know, we're taking turns. Some of us are hit harder, perhaps, <laughs> than others. Perhaps. <laughs> Some malaria tests have been taken, and we're back, and we're ready. So, you know, apologies to everyone uh, for my absence. She's back. Had to bail on a few social <laughs> engagements last week, which I do feel badly about. Um, but I was in the hospital. No, she was <laughs> incredibly sick. So. I just like it was so funny because I feel like anytime I get sick like I'm always I hate having to like be like oh I can't come to work or oh I can't do yeah. this because I'm sick because I always feel like people are like okay, okay. like sure <laughs> yeah. so when I went to emerge I was like oh can I get a doctor's note <laughs> by the way <laughs> like I will need this thank you and so I was able to like give that to my boss being like yeah I'm not gonna be in for the rest <laughs> of the week and like next week's touch and go <laughs> I was in the hospital <laughs> Long story short, may have malaria. Yeah, may have a tropical disease. (laughs) Oi. But anyway, it is uh, officially October, which means we are kicking off our Halloween Spooktacular. We'll work on that for future episodes. Workshop it. <laughs> but we have our Halloween intro, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a highly anticipated moment in our lives. Yeah, um, we fall off the couch quickly, but <sighs> we're here and we're ready for some um, MFM inspired goodies. Which means it's going to be a compilation episode <laughs> of all the episodes where we just mentioned a cry. <laughs> Like robbing next one. <laughs> and the mucking next one. So just a brief disclaimer, this episode is going to talk about murder. Yes. And generally gruesome topics. And from the looks of both of ours, probably probably really bad ones. Just like not great. So if that's something that you are not comfortable with, that's not your vibe, you can go ahead and skip this episode. Now is your chance to bail on us. <laughs> no hard feelings. Just a quick little warning yes, at the top of the show. <laughs> it also means, because it's MFM, that we're going to take all of our information from the Daily Mail. Yeah. And then... Because that's a legitimate news source, and apparently. And then the week after, say, okay, you know, remember that one I did last week? <laughs> it wasn't real. Catch so. us next week, um, coming back with a bunch of corrections, <laughs> being like, oh, actually, that was, was all wrong. fake. Ay, ay, ay. Do you want to go first? Oh, sure. Get into the goodies. Or the baddies. You're just eating a Portuguese custard dart. Which is the perfect snack food mm. for the occasion. Okay. So, um, so, a slight backstory. The last two years that we've done this, I've picked <laughs> relatively, like, <laughs> lighthearted, <laughs> <laughs> <hashtag> lighthearted murders. <laughs> Um, the first year, it was kind of, like, a funnier one. Murder's never funny, but it was kind of a funnier one. And then last year, I did one where the killer was a female, because I feel like that's sometimes a little bit less hard to listen to, because so often women are victimized. Um, but I've kind of always wanted to do this one, because... 
for those of you that may not know, <laughs> Scream is one of my favorite movies. Not just like horror movies, just like one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, and this murder situation actually inspired Kevin Williamson to write the script for Scream. Oh. So, without further ado, <laughs> this is the story of the Gainesville Ripper. What if I just had the air horn like oh my God. for every uh, serial? <laughs> Okay, so Danny Harold Rowling was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. I love saying Shreveport. I know, <laughs> just Louisiana. Louisiana. It was Shreveport, Louisiana. <laughs> that was a terrible accent. <laughs> I'm unplugging. Um, on May twenty sixth, nineteen fifty four, to James and Claudia Rowling. So James Rowling was a police officer and an all-around great guy mm-hmm. who abused his wife and children yeah. and told Danny that he was unwanted from birth. Oh, he sounds fun. Just like dad goals. <laughs> you know, I think that's what everyone wants. Like that's To be like, you're unwanted. <laughs> Parenting 101, that's you it. know? How to like really connect with your child, just tell them that they are unwanted. And beat them. Yeah, it's dope. Um, oh okay. my god. It just scrolled all the way to the bottom. No, go back. Okay. So, uh, Danny's school counselors described him as, quote-unquote, suffering from an inferiority complex with aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control. A good mixed bag. What could go wrong? Nothing. (laughs) Just. This sounds like a good, fun story. A recipe for success, I think. (laughs) Abusive father Mm -hmm. and just weirdly aggressive. With an Weirdly aggro. <laughs> Weirdly aggro, but okay. Yeah. Um, so Danny began abusing drugs and alcohol around the age of 11 after his mom was committed to a hospital for slitting her wrists. Oh, heavens. I, I, don't, I can't make a joke about no, that. That's no. just yeah. awful. Um, as a teenager, Danny was arrested several times for robberies in Georgia, and at age 14, his neighbors caught him peeping into their daughter's room. So... Just, I don't, how many red flags are we at right now? (laughs) I've lost count. Like, he's 14 and the red flags are just stacked. Stacking up. So, when Danny became of age, he decided to enlist. However, the Navy would not take him, so he joined the Air Force. Oh. Mm -hmm. I just feel like the Navy maybe had points. (laughs) I feel like maybe they should have passed all that information. Just, like, communication between different, like, facets of the military is probably a good idea. Um, Unfortunately, the military provided him no comfort. Shocking! Um, (laughs) Eventually, Danny was discharged from the Air Force after too much drug use, including taking acid more than a hundred times. And that's times they caught him? Or just in general. Either way is alarming. I literally just said, who has the time? (laughs) Who has the time? Like, a hundred times? If that's documented. More than a hundred times. Like, they must have walked in. He's like, oh, sorry. Uh." Like, oh, I'm just dropping acid real quick. Um, Yeah, at the end, I'll, like, give my sources. So it's like, I I don't know how, like, I don't know if this was documented, (laughs) but I don't. (laughs) Something else. He got discharged from the Air Force for whatever reason. So after being discharged from the military, Danny got married and attempted to settle down and generally live a normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a shock to no one, oh. that did not last. <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> I, I know what? this is taking a turn. <laughs> I don't know if I can go on. Um, in 1977, Danny and his wife separated after he threatened to kill her. He was 23 at the time. Okay. Short span of time, a lot of bad things yeah. going on. Yeah, no, just going on for him. Not a great start of life. <laughs> no, not a great hundred twenty-three years. <laughs> An inferiority complex, aggression, abusive father. It's good. Threatening to kill your wife. It's good. <laughs> anyway, it's great. So, in the wake of their separation, Danny became extremely angry. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just. Some more anger. So angry, in fact, that he decided to rape a woman who closely resembled his ex-wife. You know how you deal with your anger. You know, just take it out on others, unrelated to the situation. Completely normal, healthy coping mechanism. I would say. 
Uh, later that year, he also killed a woman in a car accident. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if it was, like, intentional or not, or if it was, like, a, like, a manslaughter situation. Uh, but anyway, apparently it, quote-unquote, troubled him further. Like, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how much more troubled he could really be. Like, he's, he started <laughs> off pretty like troubled. I think he's at the maximum troubled threshold. And, like, it's, it's just gotten worse since uh. then. It's all going down here. <laughs> so, <coughs> from the late 1970s to 1990s, Danny committed a series of petty crimes and thefts. You know, stuff like armed robbery. <laughs> That's petty. <laughs> Small wow. time. Hashtag little petty things. <laughs> um, as a result, he was in and out of the criminal justice systems in Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, and Alabama. Oh, so really just sticking to the southern United around. States. Just real redneck. Okay. I'm kidding. That's it's mean. I shouldn't say that. There are people from those states that I'm sure are very nice and not redneck. Pause for me to blow my nose. <laughs> okay. Oh, and we're back. <laughs> so sorry. <clears throat> it's gonna be a lot of that. Just <laughs> get ready. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> On Friday, August 24th, 1990, Danny broke into the home of Sonia Larson and Christina Powell, two 17-year-old freshmen at the University of Florida in Gainesville. Both girls were asleep at the time of the break-in. Danny first went upstairs where Sonia was sleeping. He taped her mouth shut and stabbed her to death. Oh, fun. Sonia died while trying to fend him off. Danny then went downstairs, taped Christina's mouth shut, bound her wrists together, and threatened her with a knife. He proceeded to rape her and ultimately stabbed her to death. Danny then posed the bodies in sexually provocative positions. Yeah. This motherfucker took a goddamn shower before leaving the apartment. Oh, good. You wouldn't want the general grunge of the day <laughs> on you. No, that. I mean, like, you gotta get the stench of murder yeah. off. I mean, <sighs> I after mean, you've just, you like... You have to. It's just... Senselessly taken the life yeah. of two 17-year-olds. Yeah, no, it's fine. That's what you do. Hop in the shower real quick. Um, okay. A day later, on Saturday, August 25th, Danny broke into the apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. Excuse me. After breaking in... (laughs) Drank up. (laughs) Sit down. Drank. Stand up. Drank. (laughs) Okay. Um, after breaking in, Danny discovered that Krista was not home, so rather than just leaving uh he decided to wait in the living room for her to return oh my god that's horrifying yeah i know it's just Just that visual it's just bad all around that's not that's uh scary yeah no would not recommend so at around 11 a.m krista returned home and danny surprised her from behind putting her in a chokehold he then proceeded to tape her mouth shut bind her wrists rape her and stab her to death he like really has like a a thing like he knows He knows what he likes, I guess. I don't know. Um, what did I say? Oh, this sicko then decapitated her body and posed her head on a shelf. Oh. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf. (laughs) Get ready for Head Head on on a Shelf. shelf. That wasn't funny. That'll be the theme of our episode, because that comes up in uh, mine as well. Oh, good. (laughs) Some heads on shelves. We love a good... Continuity. Um, a thread that binds us together. Together? Not unlike the wrists that he would buy. <laughs> there we go. It's so hard to joke about this because <laughs> no. it's so awful. Um, at this point, news of the murders had spread across the university and students were taking extra precautions, like changing their daily routines and sleeping together in groups. Because it was happening so early in the fall semester, some students withdrew their enrollment yeah. or transferred to other schools. I also saw a statistic that it was like 700 students like ended oh up God. like not coming back. I... Yeah, I don't know how you would really go about going back when all, like, it was happening so yeah. much. Like, it's not just, like, one instance. Exactly, and because, like, it was happening so close together. Yeah. It was, like, day one, day two, day three, like, all these people Ugh. were getting killed. Um. So, on Monday, August 27th, so it's literally been, like, four days, three days. At this point, sorry to <laughs> cut you off right there, but at this point... Wouldn't the school maybe be a good idea to be like, people are getting, like, killed every day, so let's just close down for now? Like, ugh. Yeah, you would think. Uh, so on Monday, August 27th, 
Danny broke into the apartment of 23-year-old Tracy Pauls and her roommate, uh, Manuel Manny Taboda, also 23. Danny found Manny, sorry that rhymes, it's like moderately amusing, yeah. uh, found Manny asleep in one of the bedrooms and after a struggle eventually killed him. Tracy heard the commotion and tried to barricade herself in her bedroom, oh but Danny broke through the door. He then proceeded to tape her mouth and wrists, rape and stab her. Um, Danny posed Tracy's body, but left Manny's in the same position in which he had died. Um, so, like, I don't know. That's, like, significant, yeah. I guess. Um, mm, mm. So, with the exception of Manny, all of the victims were petite Caucasian brunettes with brown mm. eyes. How original. Just really... No one's ever done that before. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, been there, done that. Like, I don't know. Get a new shtick. You know? Um... On September 7th, 1990, Danny was arrested in Ocala, Florida on a burglary charge. And during the course of that investigation, tools that he had used during that burglary were matched to marks left at the Gainesville murder scene. Uh, so they were able to pin him to those. Yeah. Let me just put that down. <laughs> um, so after Danny was arrested, police in Louisiana alerted the authorities in Florida to an unsolved triple murder that occurred in Shreveport on November 4th, 1989. Detectives noted that there were similarities between the Gainesville murders and those of 55-year-old William Grissom, his 24-year-old daughter, Julie, and his 8-year-old grandson, Sean, which is horrible. Um, So in November of 1991, this piece... Oh, I said this piece of shit was charged with several (laughs) counts of murder. Uh, Gee. Um... (laughs) Danny claimed his motive was to become a quote-unquote superstar like Ted oh, Bundy. Superstar. So, yeah. Superstar. <laughs> yeah. You know, I... That's the word I would choose also. I was going to say, like... Superstar. There are a lot of words that I would describe Ted Bundy at. Ted? Ted, Ted Bundy. Oh, my God. When I was typing this out last night, my uh, computer autocorrected Bundy to Bunny, and I was like, <laughs> no. Ted, Ted Bundy? <laughs> Which makes him seem a whole lot less scary. Um, So in 1994, before his trial trial could get underway, Danny pled guilty to all charges. And on April 20th, blaze it, um, (laughs) 1994, he was sentenced to death on each count of murder. So that was nine days before you were born. That would have been like news around the time you were born. That's cool. It's so weird to, like, think about that. Like... I know, like, what was going on. I know, it's on. so, like, it sounds so stupid to be like, isn't it weird that, like, history is a thing? But, like, no, it is. I think it's always weird to, like, think about, like, what was going on, like, around the time that you were right? born. Like, what, like, like, the big, like, I news stories were. the world at this time. Mm. Like, I think my mom has, like, the People magazine from the week that I was born. Oh, so it has, like, all, like, the big, yeah. like, pop culture things that were going on. I love um, that. Yeah, I honestly, like, I don't remember like yeah. what was going on in That's June something. of ninety four, but <laughs> if you know, <laughs> The Lion King was out. Yes, that came out that summer. So That's it. can you feel the love tonight? I can. <laughs> I don't know. I can. Uh, anyway, back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly before he was executed, Danny gave his spiritual advisor. Yes, you heard that right. And Florida police a handwritten confession and apology to the Grisham 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 murders, which are the ones from Louisiana from the, before okay. the Gainesville stuff. That was the yeah. eight year old? Yeah. Okay. And his mom and yeah. his grandfather. His no, spiritual so advisor. Just a neat little just like, apology. Oh, I did note. it. My bad, smiley face. It's like here you go, spiritual advisor. <laughs> 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 Um, so Danny was executed by lethal injection at Florida State Prison on October 25th, 2006. So, like, almost, what, 13 years ago? Does that math add up? It's 2019. 10 years would be 2009 plus 3, 2006. So almost 13 years ago. That's, like, insane to me. It's so weird that it's, like, that recent. I know. Like, it's insane to me that, like, he was sentenced in 94 and wasn't executed until 2006. Like, that just goes to show, like, how long (laughs) these people will be on death row for, and it's, like, we're spending, like, taxpayers' dollars to, like, feed them and house them and stuff. So, uh, yeah, he was executed. And then, this was great, his last meal 
consisted no. of a lobster tail with butter, butterfly shrimp with cocktail sauce, a baked potato with sour cream and butter, strawberry cheesecake, and sweet tea. Absolutely mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot <laughs> happening. That's your last? Yeah. Okay. Strawberry cheesecake, did you say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a lobster tail. And a lobster And a lobster tail. shrimp cocktail. Shrimp cocky. Shrimp cocky. And a baked potato. And sweet tea. A baked tea. potato? Why would you want that as your last meal? I just hate that, like, people are allowed to have, like, last meals. No, like, you don't- No. Like, just you- Just die. You brutally <laughs> like, killed, like, eight people. Like, you don't, you don't get, get to eat lobster. I don't- Like, I barely get to eat lobster. I haven't killed anyone. Well, maybe that's what you need to do to get lobster. Apparently. What is a guy gonna do around here, <laughs> here to, to get, get a, a lobster. lobster tail? Um- so, this lunatic sang a gospel hymn, but did oh, not make a geez. statement prior to his execution. <laughs> That's not funny, but it's just insane. No, like, like absolutely ridiculous. Watching. Like, he's God just, like, sitting there, like, watching. eating his lobster, and then yeah. he just, like, goes and is like, children of the light, and then they just, like, lethally <laughs> inject him, and he dies. Um, yeah, so that's the story of the Gainesville Ripper, a.k.a. Danny Rowling. Um, and yeah, it's kind of what Scream is loosely based on, because obviously, if you've seen Scream, then, like, you know, like, kids from the high school keep getting murdered. So, similar vibes. Um, but yeah, oh, my sources for this, (laughs) the ever-reputable Wikipedia. Yes, that's... And then also a website called allthatsinteresting.com. Oh, cool. Um... They had, that is interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I got my information from. Oh, no. So was... it, most of it seemed to like overlap. So I think it was like pretty legitimate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that story of that piece of shit. Jesus. So. Did they know like if there were more or was it just like, I um, think it's just the ones that they got him for? Yeah, I think it was just those ones. Those, um, and then, like, he admitted to killing, like, the yeah. three people in Shreveport. But I don't think there were any others that were attributed to him. Um, but, yeah, it really rocked the Gainesville campus. Yeah. Can you imagine just, like, going to school and, like, trying to just, like, finish your degree? And then it's like, oh, both of my neighbors were brutally murdered no. in the span of three days. That's the other thing. So, like... <laughs> They he was like living in some like cabin in the woods yeah. or like bunker in the woods or something like that when they found him. And um what was I gonna say? Oh, they like found like a bunch of like audio recordings that he had made Ew. where he was like singing hymns or something Ooh. and then also like alluding to the crimes. Yeah. And basically like the place in the woods where he was living was like super close to all of like the uh, like apartment complexes yeah. that like his victims were living in. Like I think it was like less than like a col- or like a mile away or something and then like all of the murder victims were within like a two mile radius oh of each God. other Ew. so yeah also like what's your deal with gospel music can you please like leave that out of this i just like that's always the case with like these fucking like psycho killers yeah. qu'est-ce que <laughs> um where it's just like they like do these like brutal crimes yeah. but then they're like i'm a man of god yeah. <laughs> it's like no it's just like no. i don't know last time i checked like god was like not chill with you just like killing random like college students what do i know i'm not a woman of the lord i that's between you and your god my dude i don't know it's horrifying yeah it's like definitely a bummer but and now this is gonna get even more bummery oh yeah i am going to be talking about the kansas city butcher Mm, that sounds great right it's just like a good and also (laughs) like early life you're just gonna be like yeah (laughs) yeah i know where this is going right away Mm -hmm. so great let's get it robert andrew berdella jr (laughs) long name yeah was born on january 31st 1949 in cuyahoga falls ohio love that he came from a pretty average 1950s Catholic household, uh-huh. so they went to church together every Sunday. And Red flag. Him, him and his brother were, like, overly involved in, like, outside religious activities. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, his father, Robert Berdella Sr., was a die setter for the Ford Motor Company, and his mother was a homemaker. Okay, yeah. Um, his father pit Robert and his younger brother Daniel against each other, yeah. because where Daniel was quite athletic, 
Robert was ready. A loner who rarely played outside. Uh-huh. Didn't have friends to socialize with but did very well in academics. Okay. He had a speech impediment, (coughs) wore thick glasses from the age of five because he was severely nearsighted. Uh They used the word severely. Severely. And he also had extremely high blood pressure and was on a slew of medications as a child. As a child. Literally from the age of five on, like, all these heart medications. Oh my god, wait. Side note, just to make it about me for a second, (laughs) when I was in the hospital last (laughs) week. (laughs) I relate to Honestly, I feel for this man. No, when I was in the hospital last week, they took my blood pressure and they're like, um, we're going to get you to do an EKG just because your blood pressure and heart rate were really high. Um, it's probably just to do with your fever, but just be on the safe side. I was sitting there like, oh, good. I'm having a fucking heart attack. On top of everything else. Anyway, it was normal. It was just for my fever. Continue. But then you had to get the glue off, which took eight days. It's still on me. Fun. It's been. Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah. I still have. Fucking glue from the EKG leads. EKG leads on me. (laughs) EKG leads. (laughs) Um, Okay. His father valued sports and physical education. Mm. And because Robert had heart problems, he couldn't really do that. Yeah. So saw that. Lest he die. (laughs) So he saw that instead of being like, ah, he has health issues. He's like, he's a failure. Yeah. And so he uh, beat him with a uh, leather strap quite often. Oh, I'm not going to grow up with my son being a pansy. No, no, no. (laughs) Ignore that he has all these medications (laughs) on the counter. I'll knock those off with the belt, too. Um, when Robert reached uh, puberty, he discovered that he was gay, oh, okay. but he kept this very secret because it was the 50s, sure, and I mean, he lived in a very Catholic home with an abusive father. I don't know why he wouldn't want to come no. out. When he was 16 years old, his father had a heart attack and died at 39 on Christmas morning. Oh, boy. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack yeah. there. And so they moved. Mm-hmm. And uh, shortly after the death of his father, his mom started dating another man and married another man, which made him very angry and resentful of his mother. Okay, well, you know what? Mom's got to be happy yeah. too, kids. And it's the 50s and she needs a source of income. Exactly. She's a homemaker. Also, your father was a dick. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> like, this is your opportunity to have like, a good like father a good, figure. But hey, that's fine. When he graduated high school, he decided he wanted to be an art professor. And he enrolled in Kansas City Art School? Art Academy? I think it's Institute, <laughs> but it's art school there. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, so this is like the late 60s, and he's in art school, so he's getting a little wild. That's crazy. And started experimenting with drugs. Did he do acid more than 100 <laughs> Probably. times? Probably. He became very vocally anti-authority. And when he was 19, he was arrested for trying to sell methamphetamines to an undercover cop. Oh, So, good. Now, more red flags. (laughs) Oh, but there's been so many so far. There's been so many. Around this time, he also began to torture animals. He would find stray dogs this late. Really? Like, university. But these are, like, when they knew about it. Oh, okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He would find stray dogs and dose them with different drugs to determine how much it would take for each drug to make a dog unconscious or how much it would take to kill the dog. Right. Um, in 1969, he voluntarily left Kansas Art Institute after receiving harsh criticisms from school administrators for involving animals in his art. Specifically, for an instance in which Robert had killed, cooked... And eaten a live duck on stage. That's performance art, baby. That, yep. But this is the part where I started laughing. Don't let your professors get you down. I get just, it. Just eat your ducks on stage, baby. I don't get, worry. I get the vision. They just don't get it, man. They I'm just a visionary. Don't get it. Artistic genius. This is where I was like, no, this wasn't his next step in life. It's just like, that's the fact. And then right after this was too close together that I just burst mm-hmm. out laughing. After leaving his art school, he became involved in the culinary field. <laughs> He's like, I got kicked out for cooking a duck on stage. Maybe I'll just My passion is food. <laughs> Sir, what are you doing? It's just like it came to him. He's like, oh my god, wait, like, no. Wait. My passion isn't art. It's food. It's cooking ducks in front of people. <laughs> 
And she is. <laughs> he um, just becomes like a hibachi chef. <laughs> 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 just cuts off the head of the duck and we're like, Robert. He's like making Bob, like the <laughs> onion volcano and it's just a duck. <laughs> like, oh. oh god. They just don't understand art and that's fine. <laughs> he also flashback to when he was like a teen child <laughs> around teen that child, time. Yes. He was like, he didn't have friends. So he had a lot of pen pals who lived in different parts of the world. And he had a stamp collection. So they would send him stamps from all over the world. And he would collect them. Can I just say, (laughs) if you have a stamp collection, like, I'm not trying to, like, victim blame, but, like, you might deserve to get bullied. Just saying. And he was throughout his entire life. Like, come on. Like, a stamp stamp collection? collection. Like heavily oh my involved God. in the stamp collecting community. Just super into <laughs> super it. Super into it. Just a big advocate. Ugh. They would send him like more stamps for his ever growing. Don't encourage him. And then also just like fun things. So he was like, oh no, this is my passion. Oh. And so he opened up his own booth at a flea market that he called Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. <laughs> This man is just, like, the biggest nerd. No, he is. He's just a dweeb. Like, I'm, like, saddened that this is going... I'm saddened that this is going to take a turn for the gruesome because, like, Like, he just is a nerd. He's just a nerd. Like, you just let him nerd. Bob's bizarre, bizarre. Bizarre, bizarre. bizarre. (laughs) The alliteration. Triple B, baby. In the 70s... He started to surround himself with male sex workers, okay. petty criminals, people with drug addictions, and runaways. He saw himself as a mentor to troubled youths. I also, like, no. I can tell that you, like, rewrote yeah. that from wherever yeah. you got yeah. it from. <laughs> I did. You're like, sex this workers? Work. People with addiction. People who use drugs. <laughs> yeah. I just, just We stand a politically correct queen. <laughs> Um, he allowed them to stay in his house for free, but as we know, things are very rarely free. Nothing's ever free in this world. No, no, no. And he would extort people living in his house for sexual favors. Uh So he'd be like, well, actually, like, you've been living here for, like, quite some time, and I haven't asked you for money, so, like, like, literally, (laughs) and he's, at this point... Not a teenager, and the people living in his house are are teenagers. Okay, so we can add that to the ever-growing list of problems. So at his flea market (laughs) with uh, Bob's Bizarre Bazaar, Mm -hmm. he became friends with a man named Paul Howell, who owned the booth beside his, and he became friends with his son, Jerry Howell. Oh no, Jerry. Yeah, and now let's get in. To the murders. Do we Just have a big to? jump from Bob's Bizarre Bazaar. Because like, I, I liked that. Now he's killing people. I liked the Bizarre right? Bazaar part was, like, of the fun. story. I was like, oh, he has like quirky things and his stamps and he's like doing something with his oh, life. I and now that. it's like, oh. So Jerry Howell, mm. as mentioned, became Robert Bordello's first victim on July 5th, 1984. He abducted Howell by saying that he was going to drive him to a um, like, some sort of dance in a neighboring town. And he drugged him and, like, plied him with alcohol and Valium and animal tranquilizers. Oh, goody. Um, he bound him to his bed for 28 hours, repeatedly drugged, raped, and tortured Jerry. Jerry died from asphyxiation, but it's unclear as to whether it's from the drugs or being tied up or just, like, repeatedly being attacked but yeah that'll do it he says that he tried to give him cpr but gave up you know you just give up what are you gonna do number one lesson in cpr at a certain point you just give up up. (laughs) um but when he did give up he dragged him to the basement Mm -hmm. um he suspended him over a large cooking pot Uh. and made several incisions to his body to drain his blood the following day, he dismembered Howell using a chainsaw and boning knives. He wrapped his body in newspaper and bags and just put them on the curb for the garbage people to pick up and take to a landfill, which they did. 
I don't think human remains can be taken. I don't think they should be going there. I don't think that goes in that specific garbage. Like, if we're not allowed to recycle, like, black plastic, I don't think we can just toss people out on the curb. That's fine. Okay. We're going to do that. That's awful. And I don't like this story one bit. And that's just the first one. There Mm. are so many more to come, unfortunately. Um, he was questioned by the police because they knew that he knew Jerry Howell and his dad. Mm-hmm. And he said that he had started to drive Jerry to the dance and then just dropped him somewhere. And that was the last time he saw him. Great. They parted ways somewhere between going to the dance and where he picked him up. Uh-huh. So it's not even like, oh yeah, I dropped him at the dance and then I don't know what happened. It's like, no, he said that he didn't even bring him to the dance. Like, just like they parted ways what a in the between. Terrible <laughs> like, lie. That's not good. Um, He kept a log in which, like, he wrote everything he did to everyone. Uh-huh. And he said when he was, like, questioned later on in life, it wasn't for his enjoyment but for his physical and mental satisfaction. No. Like, you don't get to have that, sorry. No. You don't get to have satisfaction in any sort of way. But, sure, Robert. I can't get no satisfaction. satisfaction. Next one. April 1985, a former lodger named Robert Sheldon came to stay with Robert for a short period of time. Um, He didn't like... Robert Sheldon. He saw him being there as an inconvenience. Oh, okay. And he... <laughs> this is a very interesting thing to say about someone you, like, brutally murder. Uh-huh. But he says he he didn't have any malice towards him. But he oh. just saw him as someone he could express some anger and frustration toward other people on. Okay. Uh-huh. He drugged Robert Sheldon with sedatives and held him captive for three days. Um, I'm not gonna say all of the things that he did, to him, but some of it involved swabbing drain cleaner onto his eyes. No. And putting needles no, under his fingers. No, 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 and, no. And um, filling his ears with caulking. Oh my god. And that's just, that's just some of it. Oh like, that's my. not even all of the stuff. Oh my god. Um, he was gonna keep him alive. After all of that? Yeah, no, this had been three days Jesus. that this was going on. Also, please don't Google this. Everyone's going They're to Google They're going to Google it because I saw pictures of everybody. And I didn't want to see those, and I did. So oh, no. be careful if you are searching, because they're just... Just there. Just there. Oh. Um, he was going to keep them alive for longer, but on April 15th, um, he had workmen scheduled to come in and do repairs, and he realized that they would see him. Uh-huh. So he um, suffocated him with a garbage bag and did the same thing that he did to Howell by putting him out on the garbage after he had cut him up. What, and, and they, they just took they him again? They took him again, yeah. Okay, these yeah. garbage <laughs> people have something. No, they there's, have... like, all of this, and, like, all of them is just to the garbage. It's Everyone fine. has a lot to answer for like, here. Uh, the following June, so this is just April. June, June. okay. Um, Bradella found Mark Wallace, who previously did like yard work and stuff. For I him. thought you were gonna say Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, he was involved. He's implicated heavily within this. Um, he found him, like he knew him <coughs> from around, mm. and he found him hiding in his tool shed because it was like a big thunderstorm. So he's like, "Why don't you just come into my oh, house?" Actually, Marky Mark. Um. He invited him inside and offered to give him some sedatives to help him calm down and relax. And he took, Wallace was like, sure. Like, hey, I'm freaked out by the storm. Like, whatever. I'm not. It's the, like, 80s. I'm not going to victim blame anyone here, but just, like, going forward, if, like, a stranger offers you sedatives, maybe just, like, don't take them. To inject you with sedatives. Yeah. And I'm just like, do you want this? Like, here, I have, like, a pill. Yeah, no. Do you want this Xanax? Can I shoot you up with some animal tranquilizers? Like, Like, just a word to our listeners. Yeah. Say a big no to that. Um, he took this opportunity once he was drugged to hold him captive, and, like, other victims at this point, he was tortured and bound and eventually died from asphyxiation. The following September. Okay, so we're April, June, September. September. And the first one was the previous July. Yeah. Okay. So it's very close together. together. 
Um, he accepted James Ferris as a house guest. Um, despite the awful torture he inflicted on his first victims, Cordell claimed that Ferris was the first victim upon who he intentionally inflicted torture. What? Yeah, the other ones he didn't mean to. Like, he just accidentally tied them up and put brain cleaner in their eyes, you know? Yeah, no, that's like a like really... Like, you just, like, accidentally do that sometimes. Sometimes you just trip and the next thing you know you're putting caulking in somebody's it's ear. It just happens every day. Oh my god, every you just day. slip and god, you never know what's gonna um, happen. Again, I'm not gonna go into everything, Thank but you. this one was the first one that involved um, electric shock. Oh, good. Um, specifically... Um, to the genitals and a lot of um, putting hypodermic needles into no, the muscles of his back. No, no, I didn't just, need to like, hear that part. Just a lot of that, a lot of needles and all of this. No. Um, Where is he getting the needles from? I don't know. Why is this not a red I flag to whoever's selling market, him needles? Like, Bob's Bazaar Bazaar is just like Like, was there like a Costco needles. back then like, that just like needles our, in bulk? It's our bulk barn for, um... Perfect. Great. Um, next person is Todd Stoops, who is a sex worker. Um, him and his wife had lived in Verdell's home on two separate occasions, and they just came back. They lived in that house on two separate occasions and never noticed that he was yeah, killing people. He was like weird as hell. Like, oh my just, god! Just, I had like, like a ton of needles <laughs> with my needles and this bolt. Just like don't <laughs> even. Don't worry about it. Also, there's going to be a lot of garbage outside. Just, like, also, don't worry about it. Don't be concerned. Don't, don't be alarmed. It. Everything's fine. Um, he, Berdilla admitted to the authorities that he was the most attracted to Stoops and lured him back to his home this time because he was going to give him um, money for sex because Stoops was very, like, addicted to, like, heroin at the time. Uh, so it was, like, he needed money. And sure. he was a sex worker. And they were, like, okay. We can do this here, but, um... Goods and services. He also, uh, had some electricity. Um, this is where... I, there's a lot I didn't put in, because it's just, like, too much. Ugh. But drain cleaner was involved no. this time in the throat. No. Because he didn't want people to hear what was happening. Uh. And there's a lot of really other terrible things that deal with rape, but we're not going to go into those details, but because of all of this... Todd Soups died because of septic shock. Oh, I, um, I, yes. Oh. This just like combines like all my like yeah. worst fears and it's like just... things that really just set me on edge. Mm-mm. Like drain, some, cleaner, drain cleaner, needles. In your ear. I didn't even know that was something that like, scared of. But oh, like, oh, I don't like that. But now I'm scared. Oh my God. Like, it's okay. In the spring of 1987, so this is. The following oh. year. Um, he befriended 20-year-old Larry Wayne Pearson. Um, Pearson came into Berdella's shop and expressed interest in witchcraft and wizardry. Okay, Hogwarts. And so he started this friendship, like, oh, we're both nerds. Like, yay, I found a friend who, like, has the same interests as me, which is nice. And then Berdella just has to be the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he stayed with him for a long time before anything happened, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't paying rent. He was, like, doing chores, and he didn't, again, he didn't intend to hurt him Uh until he referenced some, like, crimes that were going on about, like, gay people being robbed, Uh and this, like, was joking that, like, something was funny about it or something, and it, like, set... Robert off, oh. and then he was mad at him, oh. which is not a person you want to be mad no. at you. Um, he tortured him for six weeks, so this <gasps> is the longest one at oh, this point. Oh my god! Um, he referenced him as the most cooperative of his victims, and as a form of reward, <laughs> we're gonna put that in heavy quotations. He was moved to the second floor. Oh. After continuous torture of the six-week period, Pearson snapped, and he bit deeply into Berdella's penis. Like, bit it. Like, like bit it. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I can't say that he didn't no. deserve it. No, I think he very much did. Um, <coughs> in response... Good for Pearson. Berdella left to go to the hospital because it was that... 
dramatic. They were like, no, you have to stay here overnight because uh-huh. we have to, like, do stuff. So he's like, I need to go back and get some clothes. Uh-huh. So he went home and bludgeoned oh. Pearson to death. I was kind of hoping Pearson right? would make it out of that one. But this is where it relates to your story. Oh. Because he saw, like, what Pearson did as kind of, like, spunky. He was like, oh, I like him. He took his skull... And put it on a shelf where someone else's skull had already been. So he took that one down, oh. buried it in the yard. It was like, this is Pearson's spot now. Like, Who he's got gall. Like, I don't know. <laughs> no one ever said. I was like, oh, cool. no. So, yeah, he dismembered him and did all that garbage. Some in the backyard. Great. Stick. March 29th, 1988. Verdella abducted his last victim. Oh, thank God. 22-year-old sex worker Christopher Bryson. He lured Bryson to his home with the promise of payment for sex. He um, bound him to the bed, of course, when he was in and was there for a long time. Um, Similar methods of torture at Uh this point, nothing like new. Uh But he said to him, the only things you need to think about are you, me, and this house. Which oh is my god. Horrifying. Ugh. But he began to trust him because he'd had him for so long. Like, this is more than six weeks. Oh my it's god. a long time. Um, so he began to, like, trust him and negotiate the kinds of torture that would happen. Okay. So they had, like, a sort of, like, deal where it's like, please, you're gonna torture me, but let's only do these ones. Sure. Um, he warned him, though, that I've gotten this far with other people before, and they're dead now because of the mistakes they made. On the third day of, no, not the third day. Where's that? He'd gone to work someday, and he left, oh, I guess is when he moved him, on the third day of moving him from the basement to upstairs. Uh-huh. He had gone to work. And he had, like, an arrangement with him now where he would leave the TV on uh-huh. and leave him bound in that room uh-huh. and let him just, like, watch TV. That's kind. It's so kind. But he inadvertently left a book of matches in the room with Bryson. <laughs> and he Christopher Bryson took the matches and burned through his restraints <laughs> and got out. He yes! jumped out of the second story window wearing nothing but a dog collar around his neck. Oh, so and he sad. broke both his feet in the process. Uh, uh, but right across the street from the house was someone like the reader meter people. Oh. And they were and he just started screaming at them to call the police. Imagine just seeing a naked a man, man in fall, a dog collar with broken feet. Fall from a two story like oh that person God. didn't get paid enough no. to be there on that day. <laughs> That's just So the person called the police. And several people were now here calling the police. Yeah. And they arrived just, like, a few minutes later. He was questioned by four officers. Um, he, Bryson claimed he had been hitchhiking and was abducted and tortured for these days. Um, the police officers noted that in addition to the dog collar and broken feet, he had swollen eyes from, like, drain cleaner. Swollen eyes. Swollen eyes. eyes. And visible scars and welts across his entire body. Oh, he was taken to a medical center accompanied by one of the police officers. Then two of them stayed at the scene. Mm-hmm. And then the other one went to go try to get a warrant. So they all kind of like actually did <laughs> something where they're like, okay, this is happening. This is He's serious. not home. We, we have to be here. This guy needs help. Also, wow. we need to okay. start working on a warrant. Come through. Right? Um. Bryson told the police that Berdella had shown him Polaroid images of men who appeared to be deceased, with the explanation these had been previous individuals he had unsuccessfully attempted to collect as his sexual slaves. Mm. Oh, that's another thing. He's called it the Kansas City Butcher or the Collector. That's his other. I don't like that. Um, where is it? Where am I? Um, yeah, Bryson said he had no intention of ever allowing him to leave the property. He had claimed to have killed the previous individuals he had captured and treated in this manner, and that if Bryson became a nuisance or a threat, he would kill him or torture him more. So he had to be cooperative. Um, they got a warrant to get in when he got there, and they were like, nope, you can't go into your house because we're going to go into yeah. your house. Um, 
Ready for the search of his home? Oh, boy. They found an electrical transformer plugged into a wall with wires leading to a bed, a metal tray containing syringes, small bottles of prescription drugs, swabs, eye drops, a long iron pipe, various lengths of rope, and leather belts. They also noted that Bryson's restraints on the bed, they could see where it had been burnt. Yeah. And they also noted that it was like a four-post bed. And they noticed that like where the ropes were tied at the top had other marks in it where it had been like people trying to get yeah. off. So they knew that it wasn't just him being God, there. God, that's like, so haunting. Right? <laughs> um, investigators also uncovered a human skull inside a closet, which was oh, Pearson's. Right. A partially decomposed human head in the backyard. <sighs> several human vertebrae. Ah! Scarred by hacksaw and knife marks. Oh, fuck. Several human teeth stowed in two separate envelopes. Great. A hacksaw and a miter saw. A chainsaw that had, um, I'm not going to read all that was on it, but it was um, obviously used for people. Um, they also did a luminol test. Oh, I don't even want to know. <laughs> um, and revealed that the floor of Brigella's basement and two plastic trash barrels were, like, just blood. Like, I, there was yeah. no, yeah, nothing else. They found 334 Polaroid pictures and 34 snapshot prints of various male individuals. Um, Christopher Bryson was in some of them and several other individuals in various stages of torture. They also found the notepad where he kept all of his... Oh, right. His for his you know, satisfaction. You know, it's smart, too, when you're going to, like, murder people yeah. to just, like, write it all down. And take pictures. Yeah. No, you gotta. <laughs> you simply must. <sighs> and also um, several newspaper clippings from the Kansas City Star mm. about all these, like, uh-huh. missing people. Uh. Uh, specifically, though, the Kansas City Star clippings, the most of them were for Jerry Howell, which is the first one. Oh, he right. had all of his clippings uh, about like him missing they also found a wallet and driving license belonging to james ferris in the closet on the search of his house once they were done they had an overwhelming amount of evidence and of shit. i would say he was sentenced to sentence arrested for seven counts of forcible sodomy one count of felonious restraint okay and one count of first degree assault that's it? That's it at this point. Oh, I guess because they can't prove that he killed anyone. Bail was set at $500,000, but eventually revoked because on further inspection of the photographs, they discovered that at least one of the men in the photos was dead in yes. the photos. And at least 23 of the men identified in the photographs <gasps> were missing persons or persons suspected of being 23. 23 being victims of homicide that they just didn't know who who these people were. oh my god but they knew that they were like missing and yeah yeah in suspicious ways um <clears throat> a year after bryson's escape Bradella was indicted for the murder of larry pearson in order to avoid the death penalty he pled guilty he was then indicted for the murder of robert sheldon who was recognized in one of the photos by someone else robert plea bargained his way down to life in prison to once again avoid unbelievable the fact that people are allowed to do that is a little yeah yeah. i'm sorry when your crimes are that heinous like if you should get the death penalty and in jail he eventually confessed to everything and said this oh good he was heavily influenced by a movie he saw in 1965 that was a film adaptation of the John Fowles book, The Collector. Okay. The plot of this movie revolves around a young man who stalks and abducts a woman he finds attractive, holds her captive in his windowless stone basement, viewing her as little more than attractive specimen. After several weeks, the woman dies of a contracted illness, despite his efforts to keep her alive. Right. Despite the police efforts, all of the remains of his victims, except those like pieces of bone and skull were taken to a landfill and so none of the remains of all these people in the 334 photos have ever been found that's so awful um he was he never expressed any remorse for the crime of course not and he was given six consecutive 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 quick (laughs) zick 
um, life sentences, one for each confirmed victim that they, like, knew about, and he was sent to Missouri State Penitentiary. Good. Um, but in Missouri State Penitentiary, he started giving interviews to local news outlets, um, describing himself as, like, a sensitive guy who's just, like, misunderstood, and he made some bad mistakes and now is just being, like... Hunted by the media. Witch hunt. <laughs> witch hunt. It's a witch hunt. Oh my yeah, he was god. Saying that they were making him out to be some sort of monster that he clearly wasn't. And they're all like, uh-huh, but you have killed at least seven people. Uh-huh. We know this now. We know this to be true. Everyone else in the picture is missing, but we can only imagine what happened oh, there. But we god. know that these six have been. Um, he also started complaining about prison conditions that it wasn't up to his standard oh my god get fucked like sir are you kidding me oh my god the nerve he also was saying that the guards knew that he had a heart condition uh-huh. but they weren't giving him any of his medications Good. i wouldn't no um bob's bizarre bazaar and his home were confiscated <laughs> and auctioned off after his conviction oh my Lord. the house was purchased by a local billionaire demolished and the property was donated to the community that's nice at 2 p.m on october 8th 1992 verdella complained to prison staff of heart pains <laughs> and was taken from his cell to the infirmary um he deter- they determined his heart was unstable and called an ambulance oh whatever um he was pronounced dead at the age of 43 from a heart attack (laughs) they told the judge that he had died and alvin randall who's the judge sarcastically remarked couldn't have happened to a nicer guy (laughs) and that's that's the story of the kansas city go off judge they're just like oh oh the crush video oh damn yeah that's, uh... That's a, that's a big boy. That's a long one. That's not chill. Also, when I was looking up, I was, like, trying to find if there were pictures of Bob's Bizarre Bizarre. Yeah. And I was just like, it looks like it might still be a thing. Like, someone else has started... I'm like, that's in oh, poor taste. Uh, I don't like You're that. You're gonna open a certain... Like, it's Bob's Bizarre Bizarre. Remember this guy? Killed he a bunch murdered people. a bunch of people. Jesus. Like, oi. Oi, oi, oi. Damn. Shit's fucked up. Right? They're so... The needles are just no, really No, no, I don't want to continue this conversation about needles. It's, yeah, the collector. It's so creepy. I don't... Isn't the collector also the name of that movie? Yeah, where the... Josh Lucas yes. about locksmithery. <laughs> where we were like, huh? This guy seems to know a lot about... I was like, I think this would have been important <laughs> had I had... And bear traps. Yes. Right. Yes. That was the other thing. I wonder if that had anything to do with that movie. Maybe. But, like, oh, also, I don't know if I said this, I don't remember, but he blamed the police for all of the murders. Because he's like, well, they didn't stop me, so I just kept going. <laughs> That's bold. Like, you can, you could stop, you just didn't. We have this you thing called not to. free will. Like, and apparently, like, when he was working in, like, culinary arts, he was good at it. Like, he was, like, people were, like, regarding him well in, uh-huh. like, culinary stuff. And he was, like, I think I'll kill people instead. I think I'm just gonna go get some hypodermic needles and I'll Like, see first off, where do you even get hypodermic needles? Right? Let alone, like, a large amount of them. Like, he had... It's no one like this is suspicious. Like this man keeps coming in he to just buy keeps hypodermic coming needles. In, buying hypodermic needles, syringes, caulking, some like batteries. Mm. Like, no, someone, no. But it's the police's fault because they didn't stop. Yeah, him. no, they should have really, they should have really done that. That's on them. But this is one of those stories where I'm like, oh, they did like right away. They did the police things they were supposed to yeah, do. No, they it's... weren't like. Well, we can't know for certain where you came from with your two broken feet. And dog People collar. saw you fall out of a yeah, window of the like, home. Oh, we just don't know. Couldn't yeah. be certain. That's that's a that's a that's a one. That's a one. That's a one. Is there anything else to oh, discuss God, in this? I, I hope not. This whole episode is. of ours. Maybe we need to go lay down for a while. <sighs> just need to be away from the internet. I liked when you did the 
mysterious death of Natalie Wood last right? year. That was just like, and get this, I got like, like too she involved drowned. in that. <laughs> it's like, but she didn't. Well, she did, but ping ping. I liked that one because yeah. it was um not entirely disturbing this time. We're like. Let's hit you with a one-two. One-two punch. Really of just gruesome ones. Terrible people doing terrible, terrible things to people who did not deserve them. Who were just minding their business. Also didn't say anything about Jerry Howell's dad after that. I'm like, what? Did he just like, because... What? Yeah. He's like, well, I know this guy. He's kind of weird. Like, yeah. that ne- was never... Hey. They got him for it, though. After he killed God knows how many yeah. people. Just alright. Damn. Uh well, that concludes the first episode of our Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> Hope we'll you enjoyed time. those light hearted stories. Yep, they're really fun and fresh and flirty. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone is fine. We're doing great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll post some just pictures, not of anything gruesome, on our Instagram. Just some visual aids. Just so you can see who we're talking about. Yeah. So you can follow us on Instagram at HonestlyPod and check those out. You can also follow us on Twitter at HonestlyPod and Facebook.com slash HonestlyPod. We have a website, which is the HonestlyPodcast.Wixsite.com slash home. Don't forget the slash home, because it will lead you nowhere. As mentioned, we'll be doing spooky episodes, so if you have anything spooky to share with us, you can email us at thehonestlypodcast at gmail.com, or you could go on the website and there's like a talk to us thing, contact us. Do it there. We also have merch that's there in the merch tab, or you can go to honestlypod.threadless.com and look at our cute little faces on things. You know that's fun. That is fun. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe um, wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, tell us where we listen. Cause we, we're we still in, like, not completely sure where all the places are that you can listen to us. Um, if you do leave us a review, send us a, <laughs> send us a screenshot, um, and we'll send you some limited edition Honestly Pod stickers. Again, with our cute little faces on them. What more would you want? People keep leaving us reviews. No brag. Um, but they <laughs> no don't brag. They don't then, like, message us to give us their, like, contact information. So if you've, even if you've already left us a review, like, take a screenshot of it, send us your contact information, and we'll send you some stickers. It's fun. It's a good trade-off. We want We're to give you something, something in return. <sighs> Is that it? That's all. All right. Bye. Bye. Spooky. Bye. Spooky. Bye. Ooh, <laughs>